Hey there, goal setting and getting mama in midlife. I'm so glad you are here and that you're ready to craft and create some new goals right here in this community of mamas and mimis in midlife called to fulfill our God-given purpose in this beautiful world. Hi, I'm Monica Ludicky, the voice behind the Goal Crafter podcast, founder of Shared Goals Consulting, former six-figure executive in the wellness world, wife, mom, mimi, most importantly, a lover of Jesus. I built this space for you. I come to you eager to help you, serve you, lift you up on your goal setting and getting journey. Now, let's settle in and jump into this episode of the Goal Crafter Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Goal Crafter Podcast. I'm Monica, here with you again today. Excited to share this podcast with you today. I'm talking about dreams coming true. That's right. They really do come true, but the secret, the secret is belief. I told you last week when I spoke on this podcast about experimenting with belief. You know, I have been talking about believing for a goal achieved despite all the evidence to the contrary. In this situation where evidence can paint a very different picture than the image held in my mind, belief is supposed to carry the day. So I've been doing an experiment and I've been (laughs) hoping to replicate it. You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus said to believe that a prayer was already answered and it would be so. I believe that. Uh, scripture is found in Mark verse 24 in chapter 11. But believing in situations where the evidence is so far away from what you want requires a lot of things. It requires discipline. You have to discipline yourself to stay in a belief mode instead of a skeptic mode. Uh, It requires repetitious choosing. You've got to choose multiple times, not just once a day when you wake up. You have to choose over and over and over again to discount what your environment is telling you is so and focus instead on what you want and on what you believe. Uh, It requires optimism. (laughs) It's very difficult to hold on to a belief so tightly when you can't tangibly see what's coming. So optimism is ne- is a necessary characteristic. Uh, awareness, and by that I mean awareness of your own personal state of mind, is is really critical. Um, many times over the past few months, I would find myself in my you know, caught up in my head, questioning my belief, not only that, but questioning whether was I cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs to be um, relying so heavily on this method, this system of goal achievement that requires, yes, it does require some action, but it is so focused on believing that you have already achieved, that the goal is already a reality regardless whether your five senses show that to you. So I would find myself in these, sometimes in a low state, uh, mental state. It could be because I was uh, feeling sick from allergies. It could be 
uh, fatigue. It could have been, you know, a setback or uh, some obstacle that I hadn't foreseen arising. It could have been, you know, just talking with family members about this and not getting any positive feedback. So staying aware of the state of mind that you are in when you're trying to achieve a goal that requires a huge hefty dose of belief, a big, big goal that you really don't have any idea how you're going to achieve it given what you know. Um, staying aware of the state that you're in is important because you got to constantly check yourself and endeavor to get yourself back into a positive mental state, a positive environment, a supportive, nourishing, um, good environment so that it supports what you're trying to do. Also, determination, key, patience. Oh my gosh, the patience that I have needed. And then commitment to the goal, commitment to do what it takes for as long as it takes, uh, whether that's believing, whether that's praying, whether that's taking action, whether that's research, whatever, just a commitment to see it through has been necessary. And then complete faith, faith that God has a plan and a purpose and he wouldn't put such a heavy, heavy um, sense of responsibility and just give me this beautiful image of a home and a life for my mother as she goes through her later years if there was no way to bring it about. So just complete faith that the Lord was in this 100% with, with us and just waiting to show off. But, you know, as it turned out day after day, with absolutely no new real estate listings coming on into the market that we uh, are, are finding ourselves in our price range or in our location, um, contract after contract on which we would go ahead and put in an offer and only to be severely outbid, um, market chatter, you know, that you just are exposed to either on TV or on the internet or what have you about the state of the real estate market. I just, through all of that, I kept believing. I kept in my mind's eye this belief that this house that I wrote about in my daily planner every day actually existed already. It's out there. It was just waiting for everything to line up so that my mom could enjoy it just believing based on choice because the evidence suggested the goal would never be achieved. I'm just going to say it. I mean, there has been no evidence that this goal that we set could be achieved. February turned into March, nothing. March led to April, still nothing. That is when I tried to force this goal a bit. I spent a lot of time scavenging through neighborhoods for houses being remodeled. And, you know, I would look for homes that were obviously empty or even ones that had moving trucks in front of them. I left notes on doorsteps. Literally, I was writing, handwriting notes to owners of homes that I would search out on HCAD 
in our neighborhood and uh, tracked them down where they lived and then placed a note on their front porch saying, hey, would you be interested in selling this house? So really forcing the issue because I was so attached to this goal and I was believing that it was going to happen, but I also was thinking to myself, well, believing doesn't absolve me of taking action. So in my mind's eye, I was trying to be as creative as possible and leave no stone unturned. But then almost too late, I remembered what I had learned, but forgotten. And that is that force is never the way. Stretch goals like this, SMIT goals, the, the SMIT standing for specific measurable, impossible in your current situation uh, and time bound, these kinds of goals are intended to grow you, but not grow you into like a privacy invading stalker person, which is what I admit I might have been becoming. At that point, I realized I was a little bit overly attached to this goal and I took a deep breath and I went back to the Lord in prayer. And um, through that, I reminded myself and I reminded my mom that we both needed to leave some space for God to show off. And I reminded mom that, um, and the reason I had to remind her is because she was getting as discouraged as I've seen her when she would hear about a house that might be a potential even, you know, there might be some part of it that didn't fit our criteria, but we were starting to stretch and starting to kind of bleed away from what we had originally envisioned. And uh, I just had to remind her and remind myself, nope, we have a specific goal. We believe it's going to happen. We don't exactly know when, but we believe it's going to happen. And we have to let go and let God. So that's what we did. Or at least I can't speak for my mom. <laughs> That's what I did. So I detached from it to a certain extent. However, I still was trying to envision myself acting as though the goal was already a fact. And I know this sounds a little woo-woo. It's just what I did. And it's what I've read is helpful when you're trying to achieve a goal, a really big goal, one that requires a, a tremendous amount of belief, it's good to act as if, to act as if the goal has already um, been achieved so that you do things and think things from having achieved the goal as opposed to on your way to achieving the goal. So what do I mean by that? In the case of purchasing this home for my mom, a home, by the way, that fit all of our criteria, not just some of our criteria, but all of our criteria, it meant taking steps as if it was a done deal. So I checked relocation rates, I started moving money and encouraged the family members who were helping with this goal to move money into mom's account so that at the right time appropriate moment she could push send and this would be a done deal uh what else I got quotes for home insurance and electricity plans and looked into wireless services for this home down the street and uh, I did all of that while breathing and believing getting into 
a frequency, a vibration that was in harmony with the goal being achieved rather than the vibration of worry, anxiety, lack, scarcity. How did I do that? Well, I spent five long, wonderful days taking care of two of my grandkids. And what that did for me is it took me out of the day-to-day that I was already in, but it put me into an environment which led to this overwhelming, cup-filling outpouring of love. I cannot be with Molly and Bo and not feel this sense of extreme. It's bliss. Yeah, taking care of those kids is um, something that requires a lot of energy and stamina. And yes, you're on 100% of the time. But what I got back from being, you know, thrust into their world and part of their life for five glorious days was just the marvelous love. It was marvelous. And, you know, it was while I was in that state that it happened. Literally everything clicked. I experienced kind of a spiritual nudge and it was really in harmony with something my son had said about making sure grandma was in a good neighborhood despite having a tight budget for her home purchase. And I I had that in mind when my realtor called and she inquired as to whether I would be interested in looking at a house smack in the middle of the area that we were looking for for my mom where nothing was going on. But this house that was available had been surprisingly on the market for, I think, 10 days, which is about 10 days longer than any house before it that we looked at, literally. Things were going on the market and going under contract within 24 hours. So this particular house had been on the market for 10 days, and it was in the neighborhood that I mentioned that uh, we're looking for for my mom, but it was way out of reach for our budget. But in my mind, I kept thinking about what my son had just said, mom, you need to be looking for a house for grandma that might stretch your budget, but that's in a better neighborhood than what you're looking for. And I had that in the back of my mind. And I had this idea that I just needed to keep taking some forward momentum step. Even if it turned out this wasn't uh, a possibility for mom because it was so much higher than price so much higher than what we were you know had the funds available to invest I just kept thinking well maybe I'll go I don't know maybe this is where God would show us something new and great or I, I don't know I just had a just had a nudge that it was worth it to go and take a look and I was in, ex- in an extreme state of mind of peace and acceptance and like I said bliss and love and harmony (laughs) with the world because I had been taking care of these kids so I go and we walk in we drive up first of all we drive up and it's this beautiful street this wide street with big huge Texas shade trees and had a lush yard and this big driveway and uh, an American flag waving in the breeze out on the front lawn. It was just a great first impression, much different from a lot of the houses that we looked at, actually. And so then we walked into the house, and it's an older home, but it 
it had good bones and the owners had taken care to make sure that the house was, I don't know the people who live there now, but all I can tell you is that for an older person moving into this house, it is pretty much perfect. There aren't places that they have to step up or step down. Everything's one level. The uh, bathrooms have been remodeled so that they're accessible and appropriate for somebody who is older and, you know, maybe isn't as agile as they used to be. And the yard was expansive and there were flowers and I just, it just left me with this feeling of, oh my gosh, I think this is it. This is the perfect house for my mother. So I sought the wisdom of my family and got the green light to go ahead and put in an offer. Now, mind you, we still only had our same budget to work with. And the offer I put in, which was extremely low on this home, was every dollar, every single dollar that we had in our budget. And there were crickets. Didn't hear anything. Few hours after we submitted the bid, my realtor forwarded an email from the seller's realtor and it simply said, thank you for submitting your offer, but it's too low for us to consider. Honestly, at that moment, I can't say I felt deflated. I more or less expected that response because we did submit a very low offer given the list price. And again, in the neighborhoods that we are searching, everything, everything is being sold over listing price, way over listing price. So I wasn't surprised, but I also wasn't like dismayed. I didn't feel deflated. I just remember feeling like, okay, well, what's next? I didn't even really respond to my realtor. I, I let the family know what had happened and they said, what's next? And then I just said, mm, I don't know. We're just going to ponder a little bit. Well, wouldn't you know, about eight hours later, I heard again from the realtor and she said, I got a counteroffer. We did not expect this. At this point, we thought they were done with us. But when they countered, it opened the door to us. It opened the door just a crack so that we knew the seller was willing to entertain some sort of offer that was lower than what they had listed the house for. And honestly, I was stunned. And I just can remember at that moment praising God, saying, thank you. Now, what do we do with this? Because it's still so, so high compared to what we could consider spending. Back to the Family Wisdom Center, talked it over, slept on it overnight, and we came up with what we felt was, given all the circumstances and the way that I personally anyway felt that God was moving in this, we um, submitted another counter. <laughs> and I thought, there's no way this is going to, if this happens, it will be a God thing. Well... I was out walking at a neighborhood park a few hours later and my phone dinged and I looked down and it was my realtor. Now at that point, it could go one of two ways. It could be, sorry, they've turned down your offer 
or it could have been, here's another counter offer. Those were the two ways I, I thought it could go. So I stopped walking. I found a shady place where I could read what she'd written and I opened up my phone and what she said literally made me cry. She said, the realtor says they accept your offer. Write it up. Oh my gosh, you guys. So many big emotions just kind of flowed out of me. I started crying right there in the middle of the Katy Park. I, um, I was praise, uh, oh, you know, praising the Lord, but also like crying and pretty sure the ducks were running from me and the squirrels were fleeing, but it, they were happy tears. I just didn't realize I was carrying so much emotion, but it, I knew that that was the moment. Like that was a moment where God said, yes, this is the answer to your prayer and well done on believing, even though it didn't seem like there was any evidence to support achieving this goal. So all I have to say is, of, of course, thank you, Lord, but also belief wins and mom wins. If I were you, I would be asking right now. In my mind's eye, I would be asking, how do you how do you do that? How do you shore up your belief when the circumstances around you are hard? I can't speak for you, but I did what worked for me. I focused on what I wanted and I was pretty ruthless with myself for eliminating everything else. If I noticed myself having a thought that didn't support what I wanted, I did everything in my power to think the opposite or to cancel that thought out or to come up with um, a competing thought to replace it that was more aligned with what I believed, which was that there's a reason that my brother's moving to Florida and my mom is being forced to leave her home. And that is so that she can come here into this great community that I live in and be close to me and close to these wonderful grandkids and enjoy a really great quality of life during the years that she has left in this planet. So I don't know if it will work for you, but that's how I worked on my belief. I also used auto-suggestion repeatedly. And uh, what that means is I wrote this goal down in, in um, detail every single day. And uh, there were a few days I was on the road traveling, taking care of grandkids. I didn't necessarily write it down those days, but I read it. Like I had it written down on the goal cards that I've mentioned before. And I would read it and try to capture a, f a positive emotion or Imagine mom walking through the door there the first time and being welcomed into the home, etc. The reason I do that is because in my studies, I have read that the only way you can impress something into your subconscious mind so that it will be working for you 24-7 is through repetitious uh, writing or repetitious saying a goal or an affirmation, whatever, over and over and over so that you start to believe it. And if you think about it, that's how our kids learn. When they're little, they learn certain things, certain sayings, because they hear us saying it over and over and over again. So as adults, we can do the same thing. It just takes a lot longer. <laughs> I also know that it was really important to stay in a high vibe because I needed to be, I guess, emitting 
a vibration into the world that was in harmony with the goal that I was seeking. So what was I seeking? I was seeking to find a home for my mom to move to that was comfortable, that was safe, that was close, that was close to me, close to her church, that would feel good to her and be a place that she could adopt as her own for the rest of her life. And that feeling is a, is a good feeling. Well, I needed to do everything I could over these past few months to stay in a state like that, despite everything that's going on in the world or anything that's going on personally, I had to do what I could all day long to stay happy and optimistic. We'll leave it with that. So I think that was an important part of this, and I would highly encourage you to consider that too. Also, staying hyper aware of the thoughts that go through your mind and training yourself to reject the ones that don't serve you or don't support your goal and replace them with thoughts that do. Those things were the most important things. Also, taking small steps forward on a daily basis and believing that everything that happens, like when we put those first few contracts in, Each time we really were believing that that was going to be the home for mom. There was one that we uh, put in and I, there was a part of me that was so glad when it fell through. Um, (laughs) It fell through spectacularly because the people really overpaid for it from my, in my opinion. But um, just believing that that stuff was happening for us because something better, something more perfect was ahead of us was important. And then leaving space for God to show that he's got you, that he's got great and mighty things in place. And just praying with expectation that he hears and answers. So important and such a gift, really. You know, Napoleon Hill wrote over 100 years ago, I think now, I think he wrote this in the 20s, that if you can conceive it and believe it, you can achieve it. And in the past, I always put more importance on conceiving, like thinking something up, thinking a goal up, and then taking action. I always thought those were the two most important parts of that three-part equation. But now, I do think they're all important, but I think maybe it's a lot easier than I've made it out to be all these years. Maybe the biggest thing is the belief. I mean, Jesus said if you believe, then it is. So maybe between conceiving and then believing and achieving, believing is where it all needs to happen. I don't know, but that's what I think. So this goal, you guys, is about to be achieved. We've got everything lined up. We've already had our inspections. We've got our money. We're just waiting for the closing date to get here. But one of these days, I'll be talking to you about the day, the glorious day that my mom moved into a neighborhood just down the road from me. So you can wait for that one. But until then, I want to ask you to consider setting a SMIT goal, something that is specific, it's measurable, it's impossible with your current resources or what you currently know, and it's time bound. Don't do it, though, until you have studied for yourself about the importance of belief. I had a conversation with my daughter-in-law and my son a few days ago, and one of them is on board with the belief 
factor. And one of them is very skeptical. And I won't call either one of them out for who, who's, who's what. But I will say <laughs> that uh, I got some work to do in teaching and modeling this for my family. But I will be setting another SMIT goal when I come upon something that makes me feel as impassioned as this goal for my mom has made me feel. And when I do, you can bet I'm going to tap into the power of believing no matter what. You should do the same. All right, ladies. Well, as always, I'm going to leave you with a little prayer for your success. I do want to say that I appreciate you listening today. I know this has been a really long podcast compared to my norm, but it was a story that I wanted to tell you and I wanted to share. So I hope you've enjoyed it. Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you for these listeners, these ladies who are goal setters and goal achievers. Father, I pray that by virtue of sharing this story of believing in a goal and in the power that you have to make things happen, that these ladies can be inspired to go out and do the same thing. Go out and set an impossible goal and then let go and let you show off. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, ladies, go out and get your goals. Did you enjoy this episode of the Goal Crafter Podcast? Or do you know a midlife mama who needs a boost on her goal setting and getting journey? Well, take a screenshot today and share this with her and with your community. And don't forget, I really appreciate it when you take time to give me a review. Want even more? You can find me at sharedgoalsconsulting.com where I frequently add free resources to serve my fellow goal setters and even post up a few of my favorite photos of my munchkins. That's it for today, mamas and mimis. Be blessed.